2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from?
3: Is that a song we used to sing at school? It Everywhere is. we go. Jesus, it brings back memories. Mm-hmm. A long, long time ago. Where's the time going? But anyway, to answer <laughs> your question, uh, wh- 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 where am I from?
0: Who are you? Who am you, I? Yeah. Oh,
3: geez, that's the question of the century. Who am I? Uh, Paul Stenson is my name. Uh, I am. Where am I from? Is mm-hmm. that what you're asking me? Uh, I grew up in Terranure to uh, parents who are both from Mayo. So my heart is kind of in Mayo. Achill Island is the best place on earth. It's where I go to kind of let off steam and just chill. Okay. Sea swim. Although it's really sea standing. Sea. You'll often find that people who say they go sea swimming, they're actually just standing. They don't even, you know. Do the breath stroke, never mind the front crawl. It's C standing. Okay. Uh, so I like to see stand in Achille. Um What was the other question?
0: That's it. Who are you? Where'd you come from? So yeah. what, Paul, I was, um, I, I actually, a while ago, you put up something about, someone asked about podcasts and I got that screenshot had sent to me about. I don't know, a 100 times, they were like, get on to him, get on to him, get on to him. And then everyone since. And then just today, I was, I was talking to someone else, arranged a podcast with them. They said to me, you should you do it. She said, because he's a marketing genius. And I was chatting to my Paul then, and I said to Paul, and no, Paul said, no, Rebecca, he's an out and out marketing genius. Mm. And I said, but he's also very controversial. Pe- people might say he's also very controversial. So from the beginning, though, before we get into that, I just want to go to the very, very start of what it was like growing up in Ackle. Um, we know from your blogs and from your stories that you're adopted. So, do you want to start at the start of your life and tell me about yourself?
3: Okay, so first of all, first of all, thank you for the very high compliments. Um, my head is—I don't think I'll fit out the door <laughs> when we finish this. Um, so, I grew up in Dublin, okay. but I would have spent most of my summers in Ackle. Um, so I uh, Yeah Terranure is where I was born um, Went to school na- National school in Terranure Then I went to uh, Secondary school in Rathmines, St Mary's College Rathmines. Played rugby It was an all boys school uh, I would have played rugby Up until uh, Transition year When I was involved In an altercation With uh, Another rugby Team From a Kind of a rival school And I was set upon By about 15 people uh, because I was, I suppose I developed a little bit quicker than most people physically. And I was a big frame of a man, even back in, in, in school. And I'll never forget my uh, my guidance counsellor, who was also the rugby coach, telling me that uh, when I was on the rugby pitch, you know, whenever I got worked up, I really caused some damage, you know. And I, and I guess I was a good rugby player, but I was so, I suppose... Aggressive or, or dominating on the pitch that one day uh, after we finished a match, I was set upon by fifty, but literally the team, all on bikes, who kind of attacked me. I was with two other guys, and I decided to throw the hat in at that point, and I kind of look back and regret it. Mm. I, 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 I'm, I'm almost ashamed of doing that, because really I should have said, no, I'm not going to let this stop me. I did let it stop me. But I guess... It's little things like that that give me the strength to carry on nowadays. So if there's a setback, like my car being broken in yeah, the other day, yeah. whether that was a, a message mm-hmm. to me t- that I'm not welcome in the area, or if it was an opportunist thief just wanting to uh, steal a bag, I don't know. But I suppose some people might have said, right, to hell with that, we're not locating here. We're getting the fuck out, I don't want mm-hmm. to be located here. But things like that, I suppose... Because of what happened to me in my in my past. I don't let things like that bother me. And
0: um Were you hurt really badly?
3: I wasn't hurt at all. Were you not? No.
0: Yes. My car
3: was hurt badly. No,
0: when you were fifteen.
3: Oh, I I was head butted twice in the back of the head. I was given a very firm jab in my nose, blood everywhere. Uh, it's why my nose is kind of a little bit bent at the moment. Um So yeah, I was I was I suppose at that age I was uh I was physically, but also the I was pride. like, yeah. Um, but uh, again, part of the learning experience, the adoption thing. Um,
0: so just for a second, tell yeah. me with the rugby. Yeah. Um, so you go in, first of all, you go home to your parents and mm. they see you in that state. Mm-hmm. And are they saying to you, because I do want to get into where you get, where'd you get this from, like you know, yeah. um, were they saying to you, oh, Paul, give up, or were they saying, no, go back in there tomorrow and show them, you know, what, what way did they feel about that?
3: Um, I think they were pretty much indifferent about it. I don't think they were very much pushing me to carry on or, mm. or, or pulling me back. Um, but they were obviously very upset by it, uh, just as much as I was. But, um, no, I don't remember them being overly enthusiastic about me continuing or discontinuing. I I couldn't Mm. really tell you, uh, Rebecca.
0: And you said as well there that you were quite aggressive on the pitch. And, you know, why do you think that you were like that?
3: I would imagine that. So, like, I'm interested in psychology and I'm interested in human behavior and things like that. And I'd imagine that. So, I think you're probably born gay, I think it's a nature versus a nurture thing And when you go to a kind of an alpha male rugby playing private school Where it's all the lads, you know um, I think there may have been an effort on my part To over uh, compensate for the fact that deep down I was a raging homo So I was very aggressive on the pitch You know, I was prop forward I was physically strong and I was kind of asserting my dominance on the rest by possibly that's, yeah. that's why I was doing it. I don't know. Mm. That, that's a rationalisation that I have in my head now. Mm. I haven't really given it too much thought, but it would seem like a plausible yeah. reason.
0: Definitely. Mm. Definitely. You know, yes. and especially as you said, it's it's all boys club, isn't it? Look, obviously, I'm from the North, so I didn't go to private schools. Mm. Um, but I get that vibe that it is very much an all boys club and cheerio, pal, and all get together and all. Is it like that growing up? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah.
3: Like being in a, pri- a, a male, an all boys private school, rugby playing school, like, to be gay is, is, a, is a big no-no. You know, back in those yeah, days. Yeah, And that would have been, like, I did my leaving in 1998, so I would have started secondary school in 1992. Mm. Uh, and back in those days, sure, look, being gay was only recently decriminalised, yeah. you know, so it was still a very much taboo thing. Mm. So I wasn't out at all. I didn't Where'd commit out to my mid-twenties, actually. Really? But I would have known. Yeah. You know, so I think I was hiding it, yeah. I was hiding it. And then in my early twenties, what I'd do is I, I'd still hide it to everybody, my family included, but when i'd get to a certain level of drunkenness because i was always you know using alcohol to medicate um my true self would come out so i you know i spent my days in college perpetually drunk and i'd i'd i'd, I'd, I'd you know uh, in my early 20s go out on the on the piss with my mates here in dublin uh and you know at a certain time of the night when i get to the correct level of drunkenness where i have the dutch courage I'd disappear. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'd be going down to the George. Mm-hmm. And there was one night too and my mates followed me and found me. But anyway, that's, a, that's another day's work. But... Um, See, I you have to realise with me, Rebecca, is I have a terrible tendency to go off on tangents, as we're learning now. I don't even know what the question was.
0: That's okay. <laughs> but that this is what I want you for. And I said I'd pull you back if, if I feel the need to pull you back. But yeah. I think what you're saying here, unfortunately, Paul, it was a lot of people's lives, a lot of young men and women's lives then, you know, and even maybe still now, maybe that's still happening. You know, I don't know. Maybe it is still happening and it's hard.
3: I know of Let's just say I know of people who are now married with kids Uh who are gay. Yeah. And I'm obviously not going to mention mm. any names. Mm. Uh but I I I am aware. And that is happening. So sad. And it is sad. Mm. And, you know, I'd urge any of your listeners who are in a predicament like that, not even a predicament, I don't want to give it a no, negative I know. connotation, but mm. Just be proud of who you are And embrace your individuality And embrace your different difference It is the individuals of this world Who create change It's not the people following the herd Or trying to fit into societal norms Be yourself That's one thing I'd say That's really important And if you are gay So what?
0: Mm-hmm. You know? I think it's now like, the, you know, my daughter now, she's 11 and in her class, um I won't go into too much detail, but I know there's a lot, has been a lot of conversation around being gay mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, she's came to me and she said, and I said to her, well, how do you feel about it? And she said, whatever, ma'am, they can just, if that's who they are, that's what they want to be, you know? And I was like, okay, that's good. So I do think it's a little bit different, but just take it back to, if you can and if you want to, Paul, um, the two guys when they found you in the George.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, they, all, they, they, always asu- they always had suspicions mm. um, Let's just say They weren't too surprised When they found where I was going I was mortified Brilliant. Absolutely mortified And it was very much You know, please You don't need to say this to anybody Just please keep it under the carpet I, I really would prefer And I, I suffered a lot of I suppose anxiety at the time mm. Thinking like the cat was out of the bag and I suppose because I come from a fairly conservative background, um, I, I I suppose there was a lot of shame, you know, and uh, I suppose that's always been the case. Um, I know now that my mum and dad accept me for who I am, but I would have no doubt that if I was involved with, uh, if I had a wife and two and a half kids and you know uh, a nice house in leafy south county dublin uh, they may they may be happier than they are now, that's why look i could be way off the mark but i just think that that's the way it is you know mm. so and look it's a different generation you know and in, in in many ways you don't blame them for feeling that way because um uh, back then you know it, it i suppose we live in a very liberal society now mm. and uh since the gay marriage referendum and all that uh it's a, it's a different ireland it's a better ireland mm. um and it allows people to be who they actually are more easily than it was back in my day <laughs> but no my mum and dad love me obviously um maybe see that. maybe i was maybe i'm wrong to have said what i have just said but
0: To be honest, Paul, I do think that, unfortunately, your mum and dad's generation, my mum and dad's generation, would feel that way. Yeah. They do. Mm. And, you know, people are, you know, they're blessed that they might be like, I I don't know, I don't know, but I I tend to agree with what you've just said there Mm. because personally, I know my parents would feel the same way as what you've just said about your parents. Mm. So was it difficult coming out to them? And first of all, were you surprised with your friends Attitude that night Like that they were supporting you Because they were supporting you that night Were they?
3: Absolutely Yeah But one thing I'd say Just before we move on About no. the whole um, The parents thing I think the Catholic influence On the parents Is strong mm-hmm. And you know my parents are probably Strong Catholics And I think you know It's because of the teachings Of the church That they are The way they are Okay Whereas The church Is dominated by, I suppose, the biggest ring of homosexual men on planet Earth, and I and 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 and, and I'm I stand by that. I'm not saying that, I would think that a lot of priests are of the homosexual variety, and it's and that they pontificate from you know their high horse about how being gay is a sin, whereas they are actually that way inclined themselves. I suppose it's a bit like, you know, people who are overtly homophobic. Mm. You'd always question, hmm, strange, a bit bit strange. Now, I wonder, is your man a raging homo himself? Mm. A bit like that, you know? So I think there's an irony there about, uh, you know, the Catholic Church's teachings when it's those who are doing the teaching that are actually what they are saying they shouldn't be. Sorry, I'm going off on a
0: tangent no. again. Do you know, like, I, I absolutely value your opinion on that. I mm. do value your opinion. and I wouldn't necessarily, probably, I don't know whether I would agree completely with it, but mm. I value your opinion on that. Um, and I think the Catholic Church has, and we won't even get into it, but has a lot to answer for at the same time as well. Um, Paul, tell me about coming out to your parents. What was it like?
3: I didn't come out to them. Did you know? I went via my sister. Okay. In fact, I don't think I've ever said the words, I am gay. Really? To, Yeah, because I think maybe I don't have the strength to do it, you know. Uh, I do now, but they know I'm gay, so I don't really need to tell them anymore. But I think the act of coming out is... An ongoing thing. It's not. Lo- it's not like you can come out once and that's mm. it. You're done. Phew, everyone knows now, <laughs> because in reality, not everybody knows. And I think for a gay man who isn't overtly camp, the way you know some might be, mm. um, you wouldn't know. Mm. You know, you wouldn't necessarily know. Now, in many ways, being camp is an advantage because. There's no question about it. They are gay. But being a man who appears to be straight acting has to spend his life coming out. Or a girl Mm. who's, like, straight acting. Because, right, you might come out to your family and you might come out to your friends, but, you know, little things, like, you're at a function and, you know, you're there with a friend who's a girl and someone, oh, this is your wife, is it? Or, you know, you're on a golf course if you play golf and, you know, are you married? Or yeah, all of these incidents require, require you to actually come out. So yeah. it's a life of coming out if you're straight acting. I'm not saying am I. Am I straight acting, Rebecca? I don't know. No, I, Would you know I'm gay?
0: No, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it's terrible because you don't want to say, to look at you, you wouldn't think you're gay. Like, that's, like, bonkers, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's people's thought, though, at the same time. Mm. It is, you know. Yeah. And, like, I recently was at something and I said, oh, this guy was asking me for some details and all. And I one guy said to me, you sure he's coming on? And I said, no, he's not coming on to me, he's gay. And <laughs> I ended up going to two guys, gay guys that I know who were on the trip. And I said, you, do you know, he's gay. And they went, no, he's not gay. And I just thought he was gay. So it's not like to say, to look at you, but like, yeah, to look at you, you're, you're probably straight acting. Mm. But you don't mean to be straight acting, I mm. suppose, you know. Mm. But yeah, it's a bit... It's a, do you know what? I have never realised what you've just said there, that you have to constantly come out mm. to people. Mm. I've never... that has never been a thought ta- in my yeah. mind.
3: Yeah. So it's a lifetime of coming out. It's not just a once-off. Yeah. You know? Um, But when I came out, so like... I think so the way it happened with my sister is we had a mutual friend who was was gay himself and uh, so he knew I was gay and I knew he was gay and that was that but he told Elaine I didn't and Elaine then confronted me and said is it true and I said yes it is are you going to tell mum and dad Uh, can you and then I let her do it. I stood in the kitchen, one day, and mum and dad were up in the hallway, and uh, Elaine went up and brought the news. And it wasn't very. It wasn't. It's not kind of as if a tsunami kind of mm. came rushing towards me shrieks, from. It wasn't yeah. like yeah.
0: Or love hugs and <laughs> <enough. laughs> yeah, oh, it,
3: it was quite an indifferent reaction. It was just business as usual. Yeah. You know.
0: Did you appreciate uh, that?
3: Uh, I did. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to what to make of it. I, uh, I I suppose my overwhelming feeling now is why didn't I just have the balls to do it myself? And that's probably where I'm at. Um, might have been a different reaction if I did that. Possibly positive or negative. I don't know. But I think the business as usual. I'm I'm good with the business as usual reaction.
0: Did you want the gush of love? Did you want the hugs and we're here for you and we always knew and did you want that or?
3: I'd say it wouldn't have done any harm uh, for somebody who's fairly ashamed of being who they are. Um, It would have been nice. Um, That doesn't mean I was seeking it. But uh, as I said, how how everything has turned out is kind of, it's fine, you know. Is it? Too? Um, I'm happy now. Are
0: you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, Paul, but I'm just getting so emotional. Look. Like.
3: Don't bother. I'm not that special, Rebecca, but I appreciate you getting emotional. Um. Uh, it's fine. I'm happy now. You know, I am happy. Genuinely, I'm like. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, this, Look, there's just some things that you can control, and then there's others you can't. And mum and dad's attitude towards homosexuality is just one of those things that is what it is. It's not like, you know, and, and, and I'm accepting of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing I can do, or you can do, or anyone can do. That's yeah. just the way it is. It's life. And it's just life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, like, they love me, I love them. Um, Mom is fit to smack me across the head With her handbag every now and then Because I put her up on, on Instagram too much But love she it. loves that, secretly
2: mm-hmm. Yeah
3: uh, So there's a lot of love there, you know So it's like, it is what it is And I'm happy I'm happy out
0: And I I want, I will move on But I just want to just do one little thing that you said to me You said about shame mm-hmm. Is a shame just from being gay Or is there something else
3: there? Uh, the, no, the shame would be, would be, my sexual preference. Um, I, I don't think there's anything else there. Um, are you? You're trying to. Are you getting at the adoption thing?
0: No, I'm not getting at it. But I'm. I'm wondering: is that and is? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I am getting at that. Is there? Is that's something that you hold on to, or like, at what age we adopted did you know you were adopted?
3: Being adopted is like constantly at the back of my mind. Mm. It's like it's there. It's there's nothing I can do. It's 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 something. It's some. It's something that I give thought to like every single day. Um. Um. But I've learned to kind of see it in a positive light, and you know, I, I do, I've done a lot of therapy in my time, and there's one particular. Therapist I had who was very much like Telling me that I need to be proud Of who I am And by that I mean being gay, being adopted, etc, etc Being an alcoholic, all that So uh, he, he, he kind of trained me or conditioned me to see That that's a strength and not a weakness And I'll never forget that And I'm very pre- very happy to have met that counsellor um, but the adoption thing, there was always this feeling of being a little bit different, you know. Um, but now I'm channeling it in a in a in a positive way by owning it,
0: mm.
3: and like uh, what I do on online or uh, whether it's the white moose or my own social channels or whatever it is, I've kind of like I have this confidence inside me that comes from my difference
0: yeah
3: that's like that's pushing me on
0: you're like inner power that's your that's your strength
3: Mm. exactly and it is Mm -hmm. it's it's so the fact that i'm a little bit different to other people is what makes me strong Mm. um but I, i i i have an awful lot of self doubt as well and I sometimes have an awful, an awful lot. Like, I'm here kind of whinging and moaning to you about, why, about the fact that I'm gay and adopted when there's people dying of cancer. You know what I mean? And I feel guilty. Yep. And do you know, or I know but. Pe- people dying of COVID or whatever it is, people who've been injured in wars or whatever. Like, there's people a lot worse off than me. And I get consumed by this guilt that here I am saying, oh, look at me. I'm. You know, so that's mm. part of me as well. I, I'm I'm quite a complex character, Rebecca, mm. in case you haven't noticed. And uh, but in terms of the whole adoption thing, it's 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 on my mind all the time. Um,
0: Did they always tell you you were adopted?
3: I never remember being told, okay. which is a good thing. Okay, I never remember. I was like, it was it was like. So there's, th- there's three in the family: Paul, and Elaine, Joanne. Paul and Elaine are both adopted. Joanne okay. is. The natural, the real kid.
0: Biological, uh, Paul. Yeah. Biological. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And, uh, but she's like my sister. She is your They're sister. They're both my sisters.
0: She is your sister.
3: You know. Um, but you
0: should say that she is your sister. They yeah, are, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But uh, <sighs> we were, Elaine and, so Joanne was born, but Elaine and Paul arrived on the scene. And that was the expression always used. But you arrived on the scene. It's interesting that the word scene was used when I'd later go on to Maybe that's why I'm a raging homo, is it, <laughs> uh, Mind you, I don't like the scene anymore. Mm. I hate the scene now. The scene is the most judgmental space on earth, really. And I mean the gay scene.
0: Oh, I can imagine.
3: Everyone thinks, you know, gay bars are free from judgment. You can go and be gay and no one will judge. They are the most judgmental space. People looking you up and down. What are you wearing? You know, all this. Anyway, going off on another tangent.
0: We'll come back to that.
3: We'll come back to that. Uh so Elaine and Paul arrived on the scene, and that was the story we were fed from I must say they managed it very, very well, you know. And uh although there was a time where Elaine and I were rooting in the attic and we found some identifying information about our biological parents. And Elaine found a ruby ring from her mum, and I was distraught over that. It was terrible. It was really hard uh it was kind of like this fairy tale had been burst you know this life i was living was although i was told that i was adopted it was at that moment it kind of just burst and it was it was and i was only i suppose 11 or 12 that was that was a tough time but uh you no know, the shame Shame of being adopted, no, not really. It's the shame of being gay, adopted, mm. nah. No. Not not shame. I wouldn't associate no, the word shame. No, no shame, not shame with
0: it. that. Tell me at eleven and twelve and you like how did you deal with your emotions then?
3: On my own um, Elaine didn't seem too perturbed by it. She was kind of almost happy about it. I was in a bad way. And uh like I think I did say it to mom, wouldn't have said it to dad. Um or I think I was so upset that I didn't even want to talk about it. I can't quite remember. I think I tr- I did keep it to myself, but at that age it was it was probably quite difficult. Um Because I I actually think I didn't want to tell mum and dad, Mm. Rebecca Mm. Because A, we probably shouldn't have been rooting in the attic Yeah And B, maybe I didn't want to upset them by them knowing I found out
0: You didn't want it to be real, maybe?
3: I possibly didn't want it to be real, yeah So I just... I wanted to get back to normal life and kind of forget it ever happened it was terrible. It was really horrible, horrible. Whatever, twenty four, forty eight hours, whatever it was, um, or maybe longer than that. Or maybe I've never recovered from it, Rebecca. I don't know. Uh, but it, uh, yeah. But like, I think it would have been a lot worse if I hadn't been told.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: The fact I was see like the letter contained information about the identity of the okay parents, what they did for a living, where they were from. You know wow. how many siblings I had. Uh,
0: Have you ever looked out for them?
3: Sorry, I don't think it said how many siblings. I later found out how many siblings I had when I okay. when I spoke to a counselor in the HSE. Um, but it had other information that, like, I was learning at ten or eleven or twelve. I can't remember exactly the age. That just hit oh, hit home hard, mm. and um. But again, all these events, you know, are, they make you. Yeah. Do you know? And I suppose it's, it's events like that that give me the strength to do what I do today. Mm. You know, and I'm fearless today. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, I, like mm. nothing will faze me today. Um, and I suppose when I removed alcohol out of my life, Alcohol was a terrible problem. That I, I probably used alcohol to kind of medicate issues that I had inside or escape from my inner demons. But when I removed that out of my life, my life changed to the extent that nothing really was a problem anymore. Nothing would be on the same level that drink was, mm-hmm. which gives me the strength to do pretty much anything, whether it's put up free blowjob signs in our new... Uh, outlet or whether it's you know eat letters from the data protection commissioner or it's like whatever I do tell vegans I'll shoot them or whatever it is like I suppose the madness or the bravery bravery in well I'd say madness too Mm -hmm. uh, that comes from the fact that I'm free I'm I, I no longer have that huge um, burden on my life that was, was drink. So, like, there's nothing that will ever, ever compare to how bad my life was when I was in the, at the height of, of my drinking.
0: Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? <sighs> how, did you, how did you get out of it? How did you, like, when did you realize you were at rock bottom and how did you get out of it?
3: So, the one event that I remember. And the only reason I remember it is because I have CCTV footage of it. Um, and, and, and I'm very grateful for the CCTV. If it wasn't there, I would have never known. But w- when I talk about my drinking, I would rarely use the word remember in the same sentence because I didn't remember anything. Um, because I wouldn't drink to socialise. drink to get out of it. And I would never drink without having a blackout at the end of it. So it's not as if I drink every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. And it's not as if I'd need a bottle of vodka in the first thing in the morning. I would never be a morning drinker. Mm -hmm. But when I started, I couldn't stop. And that is the classic definition of an alcoholic. When you start, you can't stop. And that was me through and through. And... It was one night, <clears throat> and of course, when I was full of drink, I did other stuff as well. Uh, because I think anybody with an addictive personality like me, you know, your, your addiction isn't confined to one substance. You, you want it all and you want it now. And it's like, I, see those chocolate biscuits there in front of me? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I haven't finished them all off now because I suppose that's the addictive nature like, <clears throat> put one chocolate biscuit in front of me, I'll finish them all. I'm quite controlled here, mm. Rebecca. Although, you don't have we've be. only started. <laughs> you don't. So I'd imagine they would be gone now, <laughs> by the end of the we day. We'll get part of it, we got a cup of tea first yeah. and we'll have a rest of it. will just oh, <laughs> have another cup of tea,
0: yeah.
3: One <laughs> sugar and a bit of milk, please. No, I'm only joking. Uh, yeah, um, so there was a night I was out, and um, I was out with Jason, my ex-partner, and... I was uh, drinking in my usual way and taking whatever it was, whether it was ecstasy or coke or whatever it was, or probably a combination of both, and uh, I fell down the stairs in the Dragon on Georgia Street from top to bottom. I had to be escorted out. Uh, Jason tried to get me in a taxi. No taxi would take me, so I we got a rickshaw from Georgia Street to Finsbury. Charleville Lodge And Because that's where we were staying that night Or no we weren't We were staying in my house Which isn't too far from Charleville Lodge But we always left my house keys in the hotel Because I'd probably lose them Yeah If I went out And So we got the rickshaw back And then like I couldn't stand And as you know Charleville Lodge is Full of CCTV cameras Mm -hmm. So I stood outside uh, while Jason went inside to get me my house keys and he sat me down at a bench and I fell off the bench and there was a customer of the hotel uh, who saw this and she came out an American guest I think and she was lifting me up now I was the manager of this hotel she was staying in and here's a guest of the hotel helping me off the ground with Jason so that I could walk home like, after that. And Jason told me this happened the next day and I said, you're joking. And then something made me look at the CCTV and when I saw that, it was like, that's it. I can't do this. you know. And I gave up. But I've... I my life has been a little bit like a roller coaster. I give up for months then I slip. Then I give up for months again and I slip. And there was another time I was out in Chernobyl working in a an orphanage and uh just doing a voluntary thing for a weekend and with a group of people and uh we were drinking heavily out there and I'll never forget sitting in one of the wards with a kid who was like Wow It was It was it was Like the, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Chernobyl Or what yeah. happens out there mm-hmm. uh, But like Because of the disasters that took place Back in 1980 mm-hmm. what, Was it 1980 or whatever uh, Like Kids that are born from then Are, are often You know Born with deformities mm-hmm. But th- They're not kept by the parents They're just automatically Shipped into this Orphanage And um, And I was sitting there with this beautiful child who needed all the love he, I think it was a he, yeah, could get. And here's me more concerned about my hangover. And I thought, there's something not right here. So that was the first time. So there's been periods I've been off it. So the first time was actually Chernobyl. It happened before the American guest uh, incident. So there's always like... Things that happen to stop me. But I do slip. Mm -hmm. Now. What I would have done in the past. Was I would have counted the days. Oh I'm. Eight weeks sober. I'm eight months sober. A year sober. I'm uh, 13, 14 months sober. I, I don't do it this time. I'm not counting anymore. Yeah. Because. I don't think. It's linear. I think it's. Like, I'm very into mindfulness now. I'm very into meditation. And I think living in the moment. Like, Rebecca, all we have in this life is the here and now. This is all we have. What's happened in the past is gone. We don't know what's going to happen in another hour. This moment now, me looking at you and the tears coming down your face.
0: I know. You're all over the edge. we
3: have. And, and so that's... that's the importance of mindfulness and that I practice that a lot these days so I don't count oh I'm 60, mo- 60 days sober mm-hmm. it's like I'm now sober and I'm not going to drink today but that's it tomorrow it doesn't really matter neither does yesterday today, now I'm not drinking and that's what helps me
0: good for you it's a good Thank coping you. Mechan- mechanism Yeah. but you're very brave to I'm going to get Paul to make a in a second before has gone and we have you were very brave to actually go and look at that CCTV. That must have been, you almost had courage to, or did you just go, I'm just going to look at it?
3: I think the way I felt at the, at the time um, would have made it beneficial for me to look at it because I was at rock bottom anyway. And I think I needed to see it, to confirm in my mind that this is not... The direction I should be going in life. So, <clears throat> yeah, there was a bit of bravery there. Um, but I'm 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 glad I did take a look at it that day.
0: Good for you, good for you. Can I have a chocolate biscuit? Go on, we're going to break. Yeah, we're going to make tea now. And um, so we just took a break and had a little cup of tea there. Um, and. So can I just Before I And I am going to move on So you didn't go to AA You haven't done anything like that You're just doing it yourself I did go to AA You did did
3: you? Yeah I did Um, I I, I tried AA um, But I I see a counsellor Every week One on one Now during COVID um, That kind of fell by the wayside Because you know you couldn't COVID was challenging for me um, as it was for a lot of people And I think um, People with addiction issues Like I think the addiction services Calls going into them were like Doubled or tripled or something like that During COVID Because We have this thing I have this thing with my counsellor Whereby we talk about being plugged in So if you're kept plugged in Whether that's Going to the gym Or whether that's going to meetings Or whether that's doing meditation Or Mindfulness or, you know, whatever it is, sea swims or sea stands. That's a way of keeping plugged in. Okay. Back in COVID, in the start of COVID, back when we thought we were all going to die, which was like, if you remember the first
0: mm-hmm.
3: wave, it was like we were unsure, were we actually going to survive this? Seeing all these army trucks over in, in um, Italy carrying thousands of bodies to the, to the morgue. It was like we didn't know what was going to happen but the gyms were closed <coughs> um the counseling sessions ended um, the meditation classes ended the sea swims you weren't allowed outside 2k mm-hmm. so i live in fibsborough there's no sea within 2k and all these things that would have kept me plugged in disappeared and i struggled big time in covid um, so, I then a few months later started doing online Zoom counseling classes or courses or t- uh, sessions.
0: Did that work? Does that work? Um,
3: it does. Mm. I was very skeptical, skeptical about it at the, at the beginning. I was thinking, you know, <clears throat> who am I talking to here? Who's listening in? Mm. You know? Mm.
0: Uh, Would you be paranoid about that?
3: Um, I, I, I was a bit, yeah, I, I was a bit kind of, mm. I was a bit wary of it, you know? Not that anybody would want to listen to it, but you don't know. You're, mm. you're doing something across the internet. Mm. You know, surely there's a possibility that, yeah. you know? So I was wary of it and I was skeptical of it and I was like, I don't know. It was offered to me, but I just turned it down at first. But then I started doing it. Couple of months later, because I hit rock bo- bottom again, and uh, it actually, I noticed the benefits, um, pretty much straight away. Um, so now I'm back seeing him on a one to one basis, um, which is which is important. Um, but the Zoom did work for me, surprisingly yeah. over COVID.
0: And is the counselling your lifeline? Like, if you missed it for a week, would you find yourself feeling very down? Or, like, if you missed it for two weeks, would you, would you miss it then? Like, would you start missing it?
3: No, I think it's, it's one element of a suite of different um, activities that I do that keep me going. So, you might remove the counselling but I still have the gym, mm-hmm. so it'd be okay. Mm. But if you and you might remove the meditation, but I'd still have the counselling and the you know what I mean. So, but if if you removed all of them at once, which COVID did, pull the plug, you get you you're plugged out. Mm. You know, mm. um, so it's because of all of these different things coming together that keep me on the straight and narrow. But I do have challenging times. And it's usually at the at the weekend, mm-hmm. um, and Instagram doesn't help because, you know, I I'd I have quite a lonely life at the moment because, you know, you might think, oh, Jesus, Paul, you must be so popular. You've like sixty thousand followers, and you've like hundreds, a hundred thousand on White Moose. You must be Mr. Popular. They're they're not real. You know, like, I can count my good friends, and I mean really good friends, on one hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy with that. Um, but I do find, because I've given up booze and everything else, that, you know, you can have lonely times. I'm happy with my dogs. Mm-hmm. very happy. In fact, I'd be much happier on, on occasion with my three dogs than I would be with three humans. Um, But it's like Saturday night 6pm You're sitting at home You're scrolling through Instagram You see everybody getting ready to go out Or you see everybody On the street outside panty bar Knocking back pints and Partying and it's like I can't do that Mm. And That can be challenging um. So, it's not all a bed of roses, but I'm getting through. Mm. And the people, again, much worse
0: off than me. You don't need to say that. Yeah, well. You don't need to say that. Yeah. Because looking at you over the while, like I have, I and that was one question that I was going to ask you. Are you lonely? Because I, I could tell you were. mm I could tell, I could see it in you, that, and that's why I think I, get, I was getting a little, very emotional earlier on because I could really tell, like in you, like I just want to give you a big hug. Yeah, I'll probably have a hug after this, maybe if you're a oh, hug. No, it's it's still <laughs> COVID time for a hug. I'll not let hug. <laughs> not to hug. Um, and I've seen it, but
3: the human connection. Sorry to j- mm. jump across mm. you. That's another thing that was hugging the power mm. of a hug. Mm. You know, it's so powerful. Mm. You know. And during COVID times, we weren't allowed to hug each other. We weren't even allowed to shake hands. We weren't even allowed to be within two metres of each other. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. The human connection went, as well as everything else that kept us plugged in. Mm -hmm. That went as well. And.
2: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
4: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
3: That wasn't nice. It
0: was awful. Mm. It was really, really the pits. Like, it was yeah. awful.
3: Yeah. Anyway, sorry I've interrupted you.
0: No, you're fine. That's, that's okay. <laughs> I let you. I have to say, like I said it off camera, I just remind me of my husband. I don't know, you're just the same manners as him. Like, so you, you yeah. remind me of Paul quite a okay. lot. Um, He's
3: much better looking now.
0: Well, I won't defend <laughs> you in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> so on that, then I was looking at your stories this week, and only yesterday was yesterday before, and you were like, I have two VIPs with me. Mm. And I messaged you, and you were so proud. You were so proud about talking about your mom and dad Mm. coming to see the new venue. Mm. And I loved it. Mm. And I think, you know, I know you're saying that your followers aren't real, but I think, like, so many people would have had the same emotion I had watching you and watching that story. And this is what I want to move on to. Also, your mom. Mm. Like, and I just said at the top of this, that she loves it, really. I love watching her. And I think it's probably one of the things that people really love about your page Is watching your and her, the dynamic of your and her relationship mm. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your mum and dad oh. your, I know your dad is very much So f-
3: just before we go on to my mum yeah. When you say my followers aren't real I was possibly, That was possibly the wrong terminology to use mm. They are very real mm. And um, I often get messages, DMs from people You know <clears throat> that give me the strength to carry on and like people saying that they've been having dark days and they take a look at my Instagram and my antics and it it helps them to get through and all that so I take back what I said about them not being real they're very very real what I meant by that was I don't know them and like they're they're not physically there with me and they're not friends of mine but they're very real and um Even you know People do come up to me on the street And They thank me for what I do And You know they say that uh, You know Their life is a little bit difficult at the moment And Thanks for making me smile And all this kind of stuff And and That is so nice You know It really is so so nice Um,
0: How does it make you feel?
3: it, It makes me feel that what I'm doing is Is working And You know I had, I'm not going to say an existential crisis recently, but I, I kind of, I was off Instagram for about a month there, because I was in a bad way mentally, and I was consumed with very, very deep anxiety, and it wasn't nice at all, and I was kind of going through a bit of a, a rebirth, or I was searching within myself to kind of see, why do I do Instagram? Is it from my ego? Is it? Because let's just face it, Rebecca. Instagram is all about look at what I have. Look at where I am. Look at how lovely my body is. Look at what I have that you don't have. Amn't I great? It's like a platform for gloating. Mm. And there's a certain part of it that doesn't sit well with me. And I kind of asked myself this inner question, why do I do it? And the overwhelming answer was because it makes people happy. And that's why I do it. And I think about all these people that come up to me or that message me saying, you know, you got me through a dark time. And I'm like, well, that's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. You know? And... And that's quite important to me. Um, Now, where were
0: we? And this is the thing with Instagram. Instagram is full of narcissists, but it's also, on on the flip side of it, is that there's full of people who are helping people or... You know, as I said, getting through like your blowjob sign, like I can imagine so many people like even I got it today and comments and I think when the blowjob poster went up, people were sending me messages going, please get him on, please get him on. And I was like, well, not for the one to try and lads. I'm trying Mm. to pin him down. You know Mm. what I mean? So I do think it is very important what you're doing. Now, I've kind of lost what I was going to ask you as well. No, your mom, your mom. Mm. So tell me about your relationship with your mom and like the handbag snap. And do you know what it was? When she's like telling you to go, out, but then her and your dad are, were watching you dance over mm. in Spain. Mm. And it's like, you know, she might be giving out vote to doing it all, but she's also watching you at the same time.
3: Excuse me, my mouth is full That's of chat fondly. and
0: biscuit.
3: One of my greatest followers, and i mean the person who watches me day in, day out, I know I have very long stories. And I know 90% of people probably just tap through them. Miss 90% of what I'm saying But one of the people that Watches everything I do Religiously Every day Every minute Every second Is my mum I see her And I have no doubt she's listening to this <laughs> mom. I bet you're listening to this mum mm, You say you're not But you are <laughs> Isn't that right? And I think you know Like She's over in Ackle, or she's down in Spain, whatever it is. And it's a way for her to kind of keep in touch with what I'm doing. But anyway, mom loves Instagram secretly. And I think, you know, she'll tell you, well, you switch that camera off or you're going back to Dublin if you... I arrive out in Spain. Paul. if you don't put that camera away, you're going back on the first flight to Dublin. She's a typical mammy, you know. Mm. But... Then there's times where she's all dressed up, you know, and the makeup is on and we're going out for dinner and she loves the camera, you know, and she loves posing for photos. You've seen the photos on my page. So it's like, um, I think deep down, like I think mum and dad realise that, now Charles Village belongs to them, White Moose Cafe belongs to me, but I think they're coming around to the whole social media thing. I think they're probably beginning to realise that, you know, What Paul is doing is actually creating value. It's like making the business a few bob. I've put the the business on the map. I think they realize that now. Mm -hmm. And I think they're more accepting of what I do. And so she'll say, put that phone out, put, you know, put that phone away. And I'll hit you with the handbag if you don't put that phone away. And Paul, (laughs) you know, she'll say, but but deep down, Mm -hmm. I think she's a bit of a diva. Mm -hmm. You know, and her mum, my granny, was exactly the same. And her mum, Gran, was what I called her, Mm -hmm. was my best friend. And she died at 98. Wow. But like, I'd prank her, I'd call her up. um, You know, and I'd put on the voice, you know, whatever it was.
0: Hello, my name is Margaret. Here I'm calling from the HSE. I'm just wondering—is that Winifred? It is Winifred. Hello, Winifred. I'm just wondering. Um, we, we we give you the Meals and Wheels. Now I was wondering if you'd prefer you'd like to pay
3: a little supplement to get some exotic food. We might be giving we, we might give you some foie gras maybe one day, or maybe some moule mariniere. Would you, would you like
0: that? You'd pay a five or a day extra.
3: And she'd know it was me immediately.
0: <laughs> You're a How are
3: you, Paul? She'd say. <laughs> you know? Where was she from? She was from Donegal.
0: Donegal, okay.
3: But uh, <clears throat> she's very, Mama's very like her. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we'd, we'd mess all the time and you know, there'd be times I'd go up and bring Granite for lunch and the Meals on Wheels lady would be arriving with her lunch where I'm actually bringing her out to the pub for lunch, the dropping weather somewhere. So I'd kind of have to hide. And It was this kind of like pantomime, you know. <laughs> Don't let her see me. I'm not re- You're staying here for lunch, Gran, okay? The meals and Wheels are coming, yeah. you know? And, and so my relationship with my Gran, now she never knew I was gay. Okay. Now, I'd imagine she had suspicions because she was constantly at me about female friends that I had To see, were we involved romantically? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a sign that maybe she did know. But, um, mom is very like her. Mm -hmm. So, our relationship is kind of similar.
0: Was she strict growing up?
3: Mom? Yeah. Dad was the strict one.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, Mom, kind of, Defers to dad A lot when it comes to matters mm-hmm. That involve straight, being strict mm-hmm. um, So I, I know where you're coming from She she comes across as quite a strict person mm-hmm. At times um, But no She wasn't overly strict
0: mm-hmm. And then tell me about your relationship with Elaine Were, were you close how, how many years is the difference between you and Elaine?
3: Um, a year
0: A year Okay and then, like, what's your relationship like? Are you closer because you're adopted, do you think? Or has that got nothing to do with it?
3: I don't think it should have anything to do with yeah. it. Um, in reality, uh, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I I, don't think the fact of us being adopted really plays a part in our relationship. Mm. Not on a conscious level, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um
0: Are you a f- close brother and sister? You, you seem very close on Instagram.
3: Um, well, we fight like cats and dogs, <laughs> you know, as any brother and sister does. And, um, you know, she can annoy me and I can annoy her. And
0: Are you protective of her?
3: I was always protective of my sisters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, even as a child...
0: And the difference between Joanne as well?
3: Joanne is a year younger than again.
0: Okay, God, quite close, fair play to mm. your mum and dad. Mm. Fun house. Yeah.
3: So they had three under three.
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah. Pulling me here where I'd be. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I get on well with both of them equally. Um, I suppose when we were growing up, there might have been a slight difference. <laughs> I might have been more pally with the lane and but now as we get older, it's kind of
0: washes yeah. everything. What you just need it or, or more, yeah. I think, in older years, and whether you fall off in your thirties, forties, I think the older you get, is when you really need family. Yeah, you need your brothers and sisters around yeah. you. Yeah,
3: that's
0: what I think now. Yeah, Um so let's go on then to uh, Talav the Lodge. So. Did you know, did you, what did you study in college? Is that what you wanted to do? Did you know you were going into the family business? Tell me about that.
3: So <clears throat> I went through different phases of my life uh, in terms of what I wanted to be. Okay. So when I was in secondary school, there was a phase where I really wanted to be a doctor.
0: Imagine. Imagine your bedside banner.
3: <laughs> I think I was watching too much Eeyore to be honest with you. I remember Eeyore? Yeah, George
0: the big, Clooney and yeah, yeah. you're other man. What was his yeah. name? Eating something, was it? Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. I, I was watching a lot of Eeyore. Okay, and I wanted to be a doctor. Then there was a time I wanted to be a TV presenter. Okay, because I was watching too much Pat Kenny on right. Kenny Live mm-hmm. or the Late Late Show. Are you a fan? I like Pat Kenny, mm. yeah. No, not he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I like his interviews. Style. I like, uh, I, I, I used to like his flamboyant jackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I like his presenting style. Um, <clears throat> I listen to news talk a lot. Um, then there was a time where I considered becoming an actor. Right. Um, I suppose the, the common theme. With all of these things is one of performance, you're Mm. performing. And I think um, what I've ended up being is a performer. And I suppose in the absence of knowing exactly what I wanted to do around my Leaving Cert, um, I decided to go for the safe route, which was hotel management, Um, because mum and dad Mm -hmm. were in the business. So I went to the Shannon College of Hotel Management. Okay. Um, I did my leaving in 98. I got 295 points. Fair play. Well, <clears throat> I didn't get enough points to get into the Shannon College okay. of Hotel Management. I needed two honours. I didn't get the two honours. So the next year I repeated and I got 5 points less, 290 points. Oh, fucks. But I got two honours. Okay, yeah, all right. I failed like <laughs> so many different things because uh, and I got into Shannon but that year I kind of was going through a difficult patch and I think I only went into I went to Ashfield College to repeat my leaving but I think I only ended up going into school about probably less than 50% of the time I probably spent the other 50% in bed um or drinking and um so that's what got me into. So I did hotel management anyway in college. And here I am. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so like, I'm going to talk about, I am going to talk about the controversy and the stuff that you do too. As we said, genius or controversy, but it's all in one. It's all in the same ball as such. Um, how important for you then was it to go out on your own with the white moose? And then do you break it to the parents? I'm going to do this. And was there support and so on?
3: So, I suppose I've always wanted to, like, I have a famous phrase and that's like, go big or go home, and I always wanted to be um, successful, and I always wanted to kind of make it on my own, and mum and dad... They had a very successful business, but it was only one business. Oh. I wanted multiple, and I want multiple. And I'm on the right track, I guess. And um, I want to make it big. And 2015 so I started in Charles Village, 2003. Charles Village is a guest house, mm-hmm. and it has 30 rooms. Let me just think if I can remember the actual blurb. <laughs> Charleville Lodge is an elegant Victorian terrace of houses located in the Fibsborough area of Dublin City. <laughs> it boasts 30 well-appointed guest rooms. That was from a video I did back in the day. Jesus, what a terrible right.
0: video. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll have to look the video yeah.
3: up. I looked like, I don't know. Are you going to say what I look like? Uh, you have the
0: beard? No.
3: I had a, a, I had a goatee. Okay. Oh, it was terrible. I had long hair. <laughs> Back in the day, I ha- she had some hair. I mm-hmm. had a kind of part. I had a fanny split and a goatee and glasses. I looked hideous. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, oh, know, did you ever- if someone said that's a serial killer there, you'd probably believe <laughs> it, you know. I looked terrible. Oh, God. I'm a bit like Benjamin Button. I get yeah. younger as the years go by. I looked like twice my age back then, and that was mm. <laughs> 10 or 15 years ago. But, uh, yeah. So that was back in my normal days. mm Charles Lodge An elegant Victorian terrace <laughs> That then I kind of got settled in So I went to the Marion first I was okay. fired from the Marion hotel Oh here I could be here all night I Rebecca. know Tell
0: me why you were fired From the Marion Tell me that because ah. That's I'm sure Interesting
3: So some people May already know this story But I uh, I was on duty At half five One morning I was a supervisor In private dining Not conference and banqueting Because in the Marion It's called private dining <laughs> And uh, I uh, was out the night before. I came in for work at about at about a quarter past five, but I'd only got home about half four. Tried to get a bit of sleep on the couch. Phone woke up. I had the alarm set for a quarter past or something like that, but I missed that. I can't remember quite, but I think it was the taxi ringing me that woke me mm. up to say he was outside. So absolutely blind drunk, still at that time of the morning. Came in to work, put on my suit. <clears throat> I had American guests to serve and no matter what I did that morning nothing was right Now I was, uh, not only did I stink of drink but I was probably visibly still yeah. drunk um, and uh, the sausages weren't hot enough and the coffee wasn't hot enough and I really wanted to eat these sausages I was starving you know there was a big buffet breakfast there bacon, sausage, egg, whatever white black pudding and I really wanted to tuck into this. And the Americans, there was nothing right. So I, I got to the point where I just said, fuck this. And I walked down to my locker, took off the suit, got into my civvies, pissed off, out the door, walked down to Grafton Street, and went into
0: Bewley's. Oh, lovely.
3: And had my own fry. And, uh, but told nobody. Mm hmm. You know, because I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. And then I said, right, what do I do now? Still drunk. I said, I'm going to follow my dream. So I got onto the 46A. I went out to RTE. I walked into Montrose, up to the desk in the main reception area and said, hello, I'd like to speak to somebody about becoming a TV presenter. And your one behind the desk looked up at me, With her glasses over her nose, and then she looked at Fidelma or whatever was beside her, and then looked back up, and didn't know what to expect her to say next. But she said, "Hey, you sure aren't here till nine. If you'd like to take a seat in the, in the canteen." So I went into the canteen, and I remember Argentina were playing in England in the World Cup. This is around two thousand two. This is bonkers. Yeah. And So I was still fairly drunk Had my nice little uh, coffee whatever it was In the um, RTE canteen while the match was playing David Beckham was playing Remember that, that World Cup And um, then it came to 9 o'clock So I walked around The two, Fidelma and Mary probably didn't know was, Were they ever going to see me again mm-hmm. Here's me, lunatic Stinking a drink True as, you know, coming back at the nine o'clock. Yeah. I'm back. Uh, is HR in yet? Oh my God. And your one with the glasses still over her nose. You see that phone over there? Just pick that up and dial eight or whatever the number was. That's your, the HR, so I dial it. Uh, hello, my name is Paul Stenson. I'm here to uh, speak to somebody about becoming a TV presenter. You're what? Yeah, I'm here to... Hang on, two seconds. Transfer me to the head of TV programs. Hello? Hi, my name is Paul Stenson. I'm just looking to speak to somebody about becoming a TV presenter. Uh, Where are you? I'm just down in the reception area. Hang on, I'll be down to you now. Okay. So your man appears. Right, I'll give you five minutes. Come here, we're going to the concourse. So we walk to the concourse in RTE And we both sit down 45 minutes later I'm still there with him (laughs) And he's telling me Look Paul This is a bit mad But there's two ways you get into TV One is by becoming a journalist In college And doing the relevant courses And the other is by doing exactly what you're doing now
0: Holy shit
3: So what I'd like you to do Is go away And do a a self-tape of you doing whatever you do best. Whether that's current affairs, comedy, sport, journalism, whatever it is. And send it in to this man's name. And we'll get back to you. So then I said, thank you very much. And he said, thank you very much. And I exited RTE and went back to uh, the bus stop to get the 46A. Back into town, and at this point, I put my phone back on, and the phone kept. This is back when we had the old Nokia's. Do you remember the ringing tone was like? This is all messages coming in. Look at my look at my phone. Like ten miss, ten voicemails, and ten whatever, texts. So then. I ring the voicemail and it's like the general manager of the Marion, the HR director of the Marion, the you know Jesus. duty manager, the security manager, all looking to see where I am. Am I injured? Did I fall? Is everything okay? And I'm like, oh God, this is part of my college placement, by the way. Oh my God! So um, I said, oh, I'm just going to go home. So I got the forty-six a into town, got the fifteen back to help my house. Went up to my bed and hid from the world And uh, then my mum comes to the front door And I hear the phone ring And I hear my mum downstairs Hello? No, Paul's gone to work he, Yeah, he went this morning He's not there oh, h- Hang on, I'll check upstairs can't do the sound effects of my mum oh walking up the stairs now, but imagine my mum walking up.
0: The terror his... of her as well. Yeah.
3: Well, it wasn't so much I was terrified no, of
0: being terrified. Like... Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Her worried, sick yeah. of what, where I am. Like
0: you get that phone call, your child's yeah. supposed to be working, they're not yeah. in work.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? But they were in work and now they're not anymore. Yeah. What has happened?
0: Yeah.
3: So uh, she comes through the door, phone in hand, director of HR on the phone. Now just imagine. So. I'm hiding under my bed. I peep out the cover and I'm like gesturing to her, No, 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 no. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak. And Mum was like, What in the name of Jesus is going on here? <laughs> and of course, Cathy, who's the HR director mm. on the phone, can probably hear unless I my mum has yeah. put her on mute. I don't even know if that was a thing yeah. back in those days on these uh, phones. But, uh, so I just kind of gesture. No, 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 yeah. no. So she, she doesn't know what to do. So in the absence of knowing what to do, she hands me the phone. I just hang up. Oh, my God. Paul, what's going on? Oh, please, Mum, just get out. I can't. I can't do this. Okay. I, I, you. And it was just like. So I was fired for that.
0: Oh, my God.
3: Then I was later reinstated because it was part of my college. I was in fourth year college. I was suspended from college for a year because I did that. Um, but then I was reinstated as a telephone operator on the switchboard in okay. the Marion downstairs, um, away from human contact. I was like, put down in the dungeon. All you do is answer phones. You don't see anybody. You don't come into contact with anybody. You're down there. So I did my time as switchboard operator and then I I expressed an interest in becoming a receptionist in the Marion reception desk, and I actually after two weeks I got it, and yeah. then I was there for a number of months, and then I was uh, eventually brought back to the bar where I had worked <coughs> for three months previously in mm-hmm. my second year placement, but that's a long story. Anyway, so then I spent the next two and a half years in the Marion. <coughs> And it was the worst two and a half years of my life. I don't like five star hotels because the people who go into them you now, some of them have a lot of money, but others go in to pretend they have money. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who click their fingers. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who give off this impression of wealth and mm-hmm. superiority when in fact they haven't got a penny to their name. Mm-hmm. And they treat you like a not a person, but a number or a role. You're not a you're not Paul Stenson. You're the bartender. You're not important. Make me a Point of Guinness and shut up, type of thing. Awful, but you know what I mean. And I, I, get it. I, I, I yeah, I'm, yeah, I've seen it. I'm so, seen it. and that's why that has never happened mm. ever in any of the White Moose's. I value all of the staff as much as, I, in fact, probably more than I do customers. To be honest with you, mm.
0: oh, you can because tell. I've learned. Mm. Yeah, you can see that.
3: One. Um, so then I went into Charles Lodge in two thousand and three. And now I kind of had carte blanche to do what I like, you know. But I took it easy and I was Cuz
0: you paid your dues cuz they'd my seen dues. you and paying your dues. I served yeah. my time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I went into work for my my parents. Mm. So things were a bit more loose, you know. But I kept it, I kept it tame for the first few years. Uh,
0: <laughs> What's the first controversial thing and backlash thing that you did? The Gart Brooks. Yeah. Tell me about that.
3: So Back when Do you remember Garp was supposed to play the five concerts?
0: Yeah.
3: And he was and he wasn't And he was and he wasn't So I got So my one of my best f- friends at the time Was working in Crow Park The catering
0: right.
3: um, company That did Crow Park And he said to me Paul I'll just give you a heads up We've been asked to order in all the, all the stuff It looks like the con- all five concerts are going ahead Right. This was before anyone knew. Mm. So I took it upon myself to go onto the Charles Village Facebook page that had about three thousand followers and say, I can't tell you exactly how I know, but I can confirm for definite that all five GARPA concerts will be going ahead. Mm-hmm. Likes, shares, comments coming in thick and fast. So much so that like News outlets started doing stories. Does, does this hotel know something we don't? Mm. Her.ie, Joe.ie, the Journal, um, all of the all of these news outlets, and then about two or three hours later, RTE nine o'clock news breaks the news that they're not happening at all. <laughs> So I put up one... So what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Do you say the page was hacked? Yeah. Do you, like, delete the page? Mm. What do you do? Mm. I put up one word. Oops! Right? And that was the beginning. That one Mm. word, oops, Mm. was the beginning of my social media Where did you
0: learn that, Paul?
3: I didn't learn it anywhere. Mm. Some things you don't learn. Some things you just have inside. There's a devil inside of you that's waiting to be unleashed. Mm. And where did I learn it? okay. You could you could bring it back to those years in the Merrion where mm-hmm. I had to bite my lip mm-hmm. and I had to nod. I'd say yes sir, mm-hmm. no sir, three bags full sir. And then I was loose in my parents' business mm-hmm. and I was allowed to so it was like I was unleashed. And that's so I didn't learn it anywhere mm-hmm. but it came from that place.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that word oops was the beginning of it all. Because I started, people were, you know, trolling me and hating on me And I started lashing back the way I do now And people found my retaliation or my rebuttal Mm -hmm. to these hateful comments quite funny Because I try to be comedic in what I do and what I say Mm -hmm. Especially in the comments section It comes from a place of comedy I don't really argue over facts Yeah I just and I and I always think like a six year old child. When I'm when I'm answering comments on Facebook, I think like what a six year old child and I don't have any like I just I just go with the first yeah. thing that comes into my head. It can be often very, very inappropriate, but it can be often very, very funny. Mm. And I suppose it's because it's coming from a business page where people would expect this business to treat the customer is always right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That it's even more comedic. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's where it started.
0: <laughs> and now we're at blowjobs. Free blowjobs. And now jobs. the
3: free blowjobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And can I, would you, Would you say like that you're self-made or, I would like to think that you're self-made.
3: Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I don't know what made of what what as what do you in mean?
0: as in like do you know someone say oh that's mammy and daddy that's all mammy and daddy but I So
3: I know a lot of the haters will say oh you were you inherited yeah Well, firstly, I didn't inherit anything cuz they still own it. Mm. <laughs> uh secondly, uh I I started the white moose. They didn't um and just to give you an example of you know I suppose the type of reach some of my stuff would have had. If you remember back to Bloggergate where... you remember the English blogger? Yes. Was looking for five free nights yes. over the Valentines. Yes. And I wrote a reply to her. And I redacted her name, but somewhere, someone somewhere was able to actually find it and send it on to her. And then she did a 17-minute YouTube video crying about how she was exposed and all this kind of stuff. The reach of that one controversy alone... Rebecca, was 800 million people. Wow. So, and a, a company called Clear Story, who's a, they're a PR, PR agency, uh, did ran all the, the figures on it. And we were mentioned, mentioned, the White Moose was mentioned in 483 news articles across 43 countries. Oh my God. And the AVE, which is Advertising Value Equivalency, if you were to put... If you were to pay to have the White Moose name in each of the publications it was in, Mm -hmm. have a guess how much you would have had to spend.
0: Hundreds of millions.
3: That's a bit of a stretch. Is it? 8.4 million. 8.4
0: million.
3: Wow. 8.4 million. Jesus. It's probably twice the value of the hotel. So anybody out there who wants to tell me that I'm lucky and I I inherited a business, Mm -hmm. just put that in your pipe and smoke it.
0: And You give back, I love to see you give back, and I know during Covid because I went through your page and um, they only recently you did that with the brands, but more importantly, now you're doing the sponsorship of um McCarty. What's his name? Oh, Jesus, of course, Tom McCarty. So you're loving that, are you? <laughs> yeah, I see, yes, I was like, he's loving it, loving it. And then the to- is a talker. On? What do you mean by that? Just to, I, I see, I see <laughs> you loving that. I look at your face now, you tell me that it loves it, like Paul, as well.
3: No, me? no, look, no. Funnily enough, he wouldn't be my type, really. Really, yeah, he wouldn't really. You know, he's a beautiful looking man, but mm. no, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, you know, he wouldn't really. But no, he's like, no, he wouldn't be my type. Mm. No. But I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a Rover's basketball team as well. Um, we sponsor the, f- the female team, um, the ladies' team, should I say? And Thomas, because I do think it's important to give back, and I do think it's important to recognise local talent, and. Uh, the likes of Thomas, he's been coming into us for years now and he's actually a sound bloke so we said we'd sponsor him, I'm not expecting anything in return I'm just helping out a yeah. local lad um, and then uh, one of the girls who used to work in um, the White Moose, Amy she's on the, the ladies basketball team uh, for Toka Rovers and so we said we'd sponsor that team as well um, and they're a lovely bunch of girls, and it just so happens. No, I can't say that. So, I, so. Well, I can, but you are getting. You know, th- you're you're very privileged, Rebecca. Here, you're very privileged. I know, go on Do you know where our new site is?
0: I know it's in Glass Oh,
3: well, you said it. Rather oh than fuck!
0: Me. Have I just done that? No, you,
3: you said it rather than me. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, so
0: yeah.
3: the Toka Rovers team. It's pretty apt. All Sponsoring right. them at this time is pretty apt, okay. but I still didn't say it.
0: No. Okay. Because we were going to go there yesterday and we didn't, we went to Finglas, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. beside Des, Kelly, one of yeah. the, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Right, okay. So then, Paul, I wouldn't, like, I know when people, they'll say, why didn't she ask him this? And I know, just because I think your and Jason's relationship. I think there was people for you and then there was a huge amount of people against you. But other than Jason, has there been uh, any big loves of your life? And was Jason a love of your life?
3: Ah, he was, yeah.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah. I like we spent five years together, Mm. you know. And, uh, yeah, he was definitely a love. Sure, I even got down on my knee and proposed to him. That That ring is now on my mantelpiece at home. Right. But look, it won't go to waste. I'm sure someone will be very happy to have it. Um, But yeah, no, I know Like he was a love of my life, but um, has there been anybody since? No. 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 Would I like there to be someone? Ah, I'm enjoying being single at the moment. Um, That's not to say that in time it would be nice to settle down, but, you know, I'm happy where I am. Um,
0: Would you like to have a family of your own? I would,
3: Mm. but like the clock is ticking. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm 41 now, so. uh, Yeah. You know, it could still happen. Mm. But I don't know. Probably have to meet someone first. Although I know I can adopt as a single Mm. father, but uh, at the moment, I'm happy being single and I'm happy with my three dogs.
0: Good. The one thing I want to ask you about before I let you go, because I know I'm gonna let you your phone has been hopping the whole time as Don't worry,
3: um, I'm used to that.
0: The Dublin like what how the Dublin Live, the Keen Egan thing, do you remember mm. you did that? Like, I just think like one, are people either really invested in who they love, like as in the West likes and the Bison's, or are people just really stupid?
3: Um, I think that you can never underestimate the stupidity of uh, people. Um, I think people are inherently 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 stupid um <laughs> that comes across as very uh, <laughs> but no no people mm, no, no look, and my, I'm speaking mm, from experience mm. looking are, at your comments yeah, pe- people are stupid yeah, well absolutely mm. um but so just for anybody who doesn't know what that's about, mm. so um Kean Egan was in the white moose uh one day uh with the family and I don't think I was there at the time. I said, get a picture with him and the staff outside Mm. the front. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I got a lovely picture with him. And I could have put up, delighted to have Key and Egan from Westlife in the cafe today, but that wouldn't be really our style. So I put up, (laughs) we were delighted to have Nikki Byrne from (laughs) Boyzone in the cafe today. And so immediately uh that's key and Egan from west uh, that's key and Egan that's key and Egan, that's key, so the more comments you get immediately yeah. the higher the organic reach mm-hmm. so you you know you know what so that's yeah. what we do what we do we put up stuff to create mm-hmm. organic engagement um so that we don't have to spend money pub- promoting posts mm-hmm. so i've never spent a cent promoting any of our social media posts we don't need to but they have to have that sweet spot. They have to have that outrage element. Mm-hmm. The free blowjobs. Mm-hmm. Obviously not 100% of people agree with it, but we're counting on that. We mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. a certain percentage of people not to agree with mm-hmm. it. So the agreeers and the disagreeers will then fight each other online. which And it's all in our comment section. So it's boosting that organic reach. So... The ideal split is 50-50. yeah, like it and fifty dislike it. Rarely happens. Hmm. It's usually 80-20. I think the free blowjobs was ninety-ten. <laughs> but, like,
0: no, I would have killed you if I passed it with Amelia. With Aria, not so much. But if I passed it with Aria, I would have been oh, Amelia, I would have been like, <gasps> but I, I didn't. Like, but you know, you're
3: you, where we're located. You're not going yeah. to be walking by it.
0: Yeah. The
3: people who will be walking by it are workers yeah. who are working in a fairly male-dominated
0: yeah.
3: domain mm. in warehouses, in mm. garages, and stuff like that. I wouldn't have put free blowjobs outside Swords Pavilions, exactly. the most bus because yeah. it's a
0: family-orientated
3: yeah. space. Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah. So the likelihood, Rebecca, of you walking with mm. any of the kids yeah. is not very high.
0: Do you know that it's rumoured that Paddy Power's t- one of his top marketing guys, had a different name. They called him, instead of like marketing director, they called him Chief Mischief Maker.
3: Wouldn't be surprised.
0: And that was his what he was called. And I have to say, of the White Moose Cafe, you are the Chief Mischief Yeah, yeah, I'll maker. take that. It's such a cool role. That. I think it's just the funniest, you know. But that's yeah. what he was rumoured to be, that was his yeah. title. And I like that. yeah.
3: I call myself pot washer at the moment. Mm, seen that. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, you have all these people, CEO, and managing director and owner. Ach, go away out of that. I'm a pot washer. Mm. Do you get me? Yeah. But I like that. Chief mischief maker. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good I might even steal that. You should. I think you should, yeah. Because okay. this is only a rumor, it's not there. I've okay. been told about by people, but yeah, that was that's the role. And I just thought that is just genius. I that love is it. isn't it brilliant? I love it. Yeah. So, so Rebecca, it was you
3: who Yeah. If you ever see that appear in my bio okay. any day, yeah. You can you can claim it. <laughs> I'll claim
0: it. Right. Paul, talk to me about the future for you and White Moose and you know your plants. Is it global domination, is it national domination?
3: So i um, I recently started White Moose Media. Okay. I'll tell you one thing about food There's easier ways to make money than in food Is
0: yes, there? Yeah
3: mm. And There's more stress free Hassle free ways of making money than in food Right um, So I've set up White Moose Media because um, I think that's where my strengths lie My strengths don't lie in moosties mm. They lie in Mischief making
0: mm. Yeah
3: They lie in media mm. um, So That's my Baby White Moose Cafe would be there, but my plan is to open 20 cafes across Ireland, sell, and get out. Now, I'll always own all the IP. Mm -hmm. I own own all the intellectual property myself, personally. Not Mm -hmm. my company, me personally. So whoever buys it off me will always pay me a royalty. Okay. Um, But my future is in White Moose Media. Food is great, but...
0: And what does the media, what, what does that mean, White Moose Media? What does it mean?
3: So, for example, at the moment, um, and again, you're getting all the inside information. Okay. So any posts I do for White Moose Cafe, whether it's on White Moose Cafe channel or my own or any stories I do, um, they're done on behalf of White Moose Media for White Moose Cafe. And White Moose Cafe pays White Moose Media 3% of gross turnover. Uh, Every month That goes into my media company And then my media company expenses So if I want to take a flight to Spain Mm -hmm. My media company will expense all that Because it's part of my show Mm -hmm. So rather than me taking the 3% Where I'd have to be taxed personally Mm -hmm. uh, And that to be at whatever 50% Or whatever the horrible rate is Mm -hmm. It just goes into White Moose Media Limited And I can if i want to buy a suit it's a costume for the show mm. or if i want you know
0: and is it a show a camera i is it is it a show
3: it is a show mm. ultimately mm. what i do is a show it's like a reality tv show if you like um
0: would you say the greatest show
3: i would say it's the best show in the world <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love you it's right to god
3: uh so, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. And on that note, Paul, we leave it there.
3: Thank you very much. Rebecca. Thank you. It's so a pleasure.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for coming here and sitting down and allowing the girls to come in and say hello to you. And I'll, my mother in law has just interrupted us now, so thank God we're finished. Um, but, Paul, thank you so much for sitting down with me. And this will go out Monday, and I'm sure everyone will be delighted to listen. If,
3: if, they, if they make it to the end and they're not bored, they won't be stiff by halfway. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Rebecca. Paul. Talk to you soon. Thanks.